This is the Context Podcast sponsored by Geist Interactive. I'm your host, Jeremy Brown. The world is in a crisis. Within the past few months, whole cities, states, and countries have shut down parks, restaurants, movie theaters, and businesses. Many cases were asked to stay inside. The COVID-19 virus spreading across the globe at an alarming rate demands swift reaction, and doctors, nurses, educators, social workers, and people from all walks of life are stepping up to meet the need. We in the FileMaker community can rise to the occasion as well. Claris International, working with the nonprofit Join Table, has formed a COVID-19 response team to leverage the power of the FileMaker platform. Our rapid application toolset is well suited to innovate and solve workflow problems for those who are doing the battle. Maka and Chris from Join Table joins me today, along with Julie Sigfrenius of Claris International, to talk about the response team's purpose, how it came together, and what kinds of projects it's looking for, and how you can get involved. This time of crisis demands participation from all of us, and we in the FileMaker community can do our part. Welcome, Maka and Chris of Join Table. Welcome back to the Context Podcast. How are you today? Awesome. Thanks for having <laughs> Considering us. everything, doing can't complain. Nice. Okay, Maka, it's uh, nice and early for you. I uh, hear that's a good, very good reason why. At it's... my request, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At your request. Yeah. Okay. And Chris, you doing fine? Good. Yeah, I think partly the reason that Maka wanted it early was also because I'm I'm sort of stuck in Sweden right now, and it's 1 p.m., so we have a broad swath of time zones going on right here. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Wow. Okay. And uh, joining us today, very special guest, Julie Sigfrinius, Senior Manager, Global Partners at Claris International. Welcome, Julie. Oh, How are you this you. morning? Doing, doing fine. Uh, these are interesting times, but, um, but I'm, doing, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Wonderful. Well, we're uh, we're spread all over the globe today, so this was a good time to talk. Um, you three have joined me today to talk about the Claris COVID nineteen response team, Claris International, working with Join Table, the the nonprofit Join Table, is responding to the current global crisis. As we all know, and we've inferred here a few seconds ago, this is a huge pandemic uh, affecting millions of people, whether it's uh, through sickness or death or even loss of wages and learning or little ones running through the house all day. Is that right, Maka? That's totally That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I looked up this morning about about this um, because it changes astronomically the the it's not linear in any <laughs> regards of change but as of uh yesterday actually march 24th there were um 44,183 cases in the US with 435,000 in the in the entire world here in the US we've had 544 deaths spread across 50 states the district of columbia puerto rico guam and the US virgin islands and worldwide, there's been about 20,000 deaths. So this is crazy right now. Mm -hmm. it, it seemed to suddenly have come up. I'm here in Orlando, Florida, where just three weeks ago, I was at Disney World having mm -hmm. fun with thousands of other people. And suddenly I'm, you know, have to stay at home. So it seemed to come up on us pretty fast. Mm -hmm. um, other than not being able to go to Disney, how, how is this whole pandemic affecting each one of you? We'll start with uh, you, Maka. Sure. Um, so for me, the biggest change has been that my little ones, my two-year-old and my six-year-old are now permanently at home with me and along with my husband. So it's been really hard for me to just get work done. I've been having to wake up early, you know, before everyone goes to, or while everyone's sleeping, hence why I would love to have this call, you know, this talk early in the morning. Everyone is sound asleep right now. Um, and then just trying to make it work during the day. I haven't had any personal effect, like I haven't been affected personally by the um, virus, but I do know a couple, couple people who have. So, um, for example, one of my really good friends in Seattle was diagnosed and had a really, really hard time. She actually had to get chest x-rays. She's using an inhaler, and she says it's really scary how much she depends on that inhaler for breathing. Oh. And um, for the, about the last two weeks, and she's finally starting to see some improvement. And the kind of scary thing is she's younger than me. She's, I think she's 35. So I've also asked my clients, you know, how are they doing? 
And one of my clients told me that one of his direct report's best friend was in China during the outbreak. And he caught the virus and then passed away while he was there. And he he was only in his 20s. So we hear that, you know, it's this pandemic that's affecting older people. But um, at least from the people that I know, that's not entirely true. Uh, How about you, Chris? I'm one of those people that uh, went to Europe on a fun-filled trip at the beginning of the month and then, (laughs) you know, sort of uh, am potentially uh, I don't want to say stranded here, but sort of uh, on a, a much longer stay uh, in, I'm here in Sweden, in Malmo, Sweden, than I had uh, intended. And sort of like, you know, everybody else with you going to Disney World, um, I came on March 10th before it was, you know, declared a pandemic or anybody had closed their borders or any you know that kind of stuff as a trip I had planned uh, for a while. And then literally I flew into Copenhagen and literally the very next day, Denmark completely closed its borders and my flight was canceled and Delta canceled all these crazy things. And so I, I have a rescheduled uh, flight, cross your fingers to get back to my home in the UNC Chapel Hill, North Carolina area, uh, like the 2nd of April. So we'll see, you know, if that happens or if airlines still exist uh, uh, then. Um, I, I did some arts volunteering in North Carolina, I was on the board of the Orange County Arts Commission, and it's it's just sort of heartbreaking hearing all these stories about, um, this isn't about death, obviously, but you know, with artists, how they already were living on a shoestring and most a lot of their money coming from events and readings and art gallery shows and all these kinds of things. And literally all that just turned off in a second and they were living you know, pretty paycheck to paycheck. So I've been trying to do some sort of fundraising and some Indiegogo campaigns to kind of keep food on the table for artists in the county, so. All right. And Julie, how about you? It's, it's, heart, it's uh, touching my heart to hear these two stories from Maka and, and from Chris. Um, you know, my, my concern certainly is with my family, um, you know, my kids and, and their, uh, their significant others or spouses, uh, as well as my husband and I have uh, both of our parents that are still living and certainly are in that age group as we hear on the news of, you know, being at risk. So it, it is about, you know, just really trying to stay close with our family and try to impress upon our family members the importance of adhering to the recommendations that we're hearing every other minute on, on any news channel today. So my, that's my concern. My husband also is is uh, working out of our house because his his company has done the same thing as Claris has done, which is to have everyone work remotely in an abundance of intention of of health and safety for all employees. So we're both doing that. So we have a lot of yeah. togetherness going on. <laughs> and I think you know for for me um, the impact is also I'm feeling it with the with our partner family. Um, I'm hearing almost hourly from our partners about the struggles and the, the adaptations that are being really just happening moment by moment. And so my concern is as well for our, our global partner community and the, the health thereof. So that, there's, a, there's a lot going on and it's very serious and it is very impactful. I can say that there, it's just on my mind every minute as we navigate through this. Well, it's a it's a pretty crazy pandemic. Um, it it it's we you know we again we hear that we have not even gotten to the worst part yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what to believe at this moment, but that feels like that, that may be true. Luckily, there are thousands of people who are trying to fight this virus. Um, I actually tried to look that up. I couldn't find a number that I could state that says how many people are actually working hard on the front lines to um, to fight this virus or to, I guess, continue life in the midst of this. And I think that's, uh, that's just as important. I have friends who are teachers. I used to be a teacher and they're suddenly learning how to do online mm-hmm. teaching and mm-hmm. using Zoom and, you know, cleaning up their houses so, <laughs> so that the background is, is presentable to the, to the kids. And um, <laughs> my, sister and brother-in-law are doing that right now uh, on top of their four kids also doing online yeah. learning in different corners of the house. So the, uh, that's where the, uh, the, the Claris COVID-19 response team comes in. What is this team and uh, how did it come about? 
as we've evolved in these last number of really days, um, short period of time on, on the pandemic, we have certainly seen a need arise in communities of healthcare, in government, in nonprofits that are supporting this pandemic, in emergency response teams. And naturally, the customers and the the connections that that FileMaker now Claris has had for years is is many of uh, those companies in that industry as well as our partner community. We are seeing certainly from even our colleagues in tech that are opening their ideas, thoughts, and support to all of those types of communities and getting very innovative in how they can help in the midst of this this pandemic. And we saw uh, that, that, that without a doubt, Claris should and will and has done the same thing because it's just really important at this time. And so as we began developing the plan very quickly, one of the things that Brad Freitag did was reach out to JoinTable initially to say, look, we've, we've got to get not only our tool resources and, and think about how we can make those available in this crisis, but also we've got to get resources, developer resources. And JoinTable just seemed like a very natural you know, door to knock on to start this process. And, and I can't say, I mean, it was immediate in the response um, in Brad's inquiry that was made and join table said, you know, how can we help? And so that's where we started. And, and I can't express enough. Thank you from Claris for the help that join table is bringing in trying to put this together and bring tools and resources to these organizations that are needing help now and are going to need some help, in, you know, hourly this increases. So I would like to share that it was really Claris's like initiative that they started. Such a brilliant idea. Like, I don't know why we didn't think about it, but um, you know their concern for for the community is amazing, and for them to start this initiative, we are just like brilliant, amazing. Yes, let's jump in. Let's do this. And um, our response from the community has actually been really amazing too since we launched our our uh, our form basically for the for the COVID-19 emergency response on our website uh, jointable.org um, since then we're really we're making a call to to the basically the people on the front line we want to help you build apps and the opposite of what we kind of thought would happen happened which was our volunteer base doubled in one day mm-hmm. From what we had before, um, you know, basically a whole year's worth of us trying to go mm-hmm. uh, to gather volunteers doubled in one day from this this call for COVID nineteen emergency apps. So that has just been amazing. We uh, have now pl- have had pledged two hundred and seventy hours per week from our volunteers. Uh, so a total of a thousand hours per month. So um, it's just really amazing. And, and from all over the world too, 16 different countries, Australia, Belgium, Brazil, Canada, mm-hmm. Denmark, Germany, uh, India, Lithuania, New Zealand, Spain, Sweden. So it's just really, really amazing the response that we've gotten of people who want to help. So JoinTable and Claris are working together. Um, from Claris's um, blog post that just came out, you said you are de- you're partnering with developers in our community. That's through the join table group to rapidly produce free custom software applications for communities impacted by COVID-19. Yes. So uh, it seems to me that you, you, you are, you both are working. Uh, Claris is providing software and join table is providing the person power to build those build custom apps for communities impacted by the, the virus. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. Um, at, at the same time, we are also getting a, a several other streams of outpouring coming into Claris, and we're gonna we're gonna funnel these appropriately so that we can use the the wonderful resources that are coming to bear with the communication that went out last night from Claris and to and I I, I sent a communication to our worldwide partner base did that and came in uh, this morning and I can't tell you 
what my email inbox looks like right now. But I can tell you that it, uh, it touched me deeply because the partners that are flooding into my email saying, I've got, I've got, I've got capacity. Where do you need the help? Just plug me in. Just tell me what you need. I'm available. Raising their hand. It's email after email after email of our partner community. And I have to say at, at Claris, we, you know, Brad has a phrase that he has instilled in us as, as, as a, as a culture within our organization. And it is this, we want to be valued members of a winning team on an inspired mission. Now that phrase has been around the halls of Claris for a couple of years. And yet I think that that phrase could not be more poignant to really what we're doing right now. We are trying to all collaborate together, including the with Jointable and, you know, just to, to be on what is now truly an inspired mission to take and help and serve these emergency needs that are before us. And it, it is, it is stunning what the partner community is doing at this moment. I was just talking to Maka the other day, uh, as we've watched these volunteer submission forms come in because we get an email for every single one of them in the last couple of days, just like Julie was saying, it's like, it, it seems like every 10 minutes, another one comes in and we're all like filled with wonder at like, like Maka said that they're really from all points of the globe, you know, every continent is represented. And I was like, I wish we had a, if we, if we had time to build a little Google, like drop pin, you know, map of like where these people all are, because it's really spread far and wide from the epicenters of the outbreak to the far reaches of places where you may have not even known there were FileMaker developers. It's just been kind of heartwarming that like, you know, people are stepping up uh, in this, in spite of all of the bad and troubling and very sad news in the world, there's these sort of like human moments where people uh, are showing how amazing we can be. And it's just, it's amazing. Chris, if I have some time here in the next couple of days, I will create a JavaScript uh, <laughs> well, map for you. <laughs> you can place it in there. Well, that would be it. I mean, We're going to add those volunteers. that at like priority 10, but that would still yeah. be roughly. <laughs> so um, what kind of, you know, you mentioned com communities impacted. What kind of, who are the kinds of people that you are targeting these, these apps to be built? The software and then the person power to create these apps. Mostly we want, we want to be as impactful as possible. And so we believe that would basically be uh, like front, the frontline responders. So hospitals, doctors, nurses, any, anyone that, you know, directly treats and helps patients. We also are fully aware that educators are impacted. So we are definitely reaching out to um, educators too and would love to hear from them as well how we could help. The other thing that we're, we're looking for is for the resources and the manpower that we want to make sure we can respond with. We want to try to find apps that have some reusability to them. Um, and in fact, the two projects that we're currently working on right now have have met that criteria in, in spades. And we can certainly talk about those to give um, your listeners some idea of, of how we're, you know, the needs are great, but how we're trying to make the impact um, reusable and spread across the world as quickly as possible with the resources that we have for these projects. I'm happy to go into those if you'd like. Yeah, please, please uh, get specific. Yeah. Okay. So the two projects that we're working on, we began um, uh, over over the weekend, and and in fact, one of them was even begun before that by another partner organization. Um, the first is a, an organization called Synsynexus. They are developing a hospital patient monitoring system through IoT devices that is managed in certainly in FileMaker. The intent at a very high level is to try to alleviate the necessity for staff to actually have to take all some of the vitals that have to be done on a very regular basis. Imagine in the pandemic, if we have a hospital situation where there are so many patients and the vitals need to be taken, can we use some automation of the technology to make that happen? We are working on that project currently, and the intent would be if we can get a solution in place, that would be something that could be replicated 
to any hospital in the world that may need to have that type of service due to the influx of patients that may be coming in. So that would be an example of a high impact and reusable um, solution that we can work on that we think we could we could truly impact globally. Um, the second is regarding um, the an ambulance organization, a government run, and it's in the UK. Um, being able to track all the inventory associated to uh, running an ambulance service, the um, the needs are great. Um, these are thousands and thousands of users, workers that need to have access and be able to track this information. And we have a partner that is creating a solution very, very quickly. And again, this solution is reusable and can be reusable to any other ambulance organization worldwide. High impact, reusable. Those are some of the criteria that we're looking at for being able to, to marry the, the resources that we're putting together here. I like that idea of high impact and reusable. We you don't want to just be done with this app once the current crisis is done because it, another crisis could come up or we could get a resurgence or it could be slightly adapted for something else that, that comes up. So that's a very nice way to build projects so that they're reusable. I like that. So and obviously like people in all different parts of the world are going to have very similar needs with regards to responding to the virus, right? Like the two projects that Julie mentioned, Maka and I were talking uh, earlier and she had found uh, a link uh, from a doctor at Harvard Medical Center, I think, or somebody who worked there who had, had spun up a really quick, I think originally Google spreadsheet, uh, basically to just kind of coordinate uh, people uh, donating and bringing all of the PPE, you know, personal protective equipment that they maybe, you know, bought and are, you know, hoarding and now feel bad about or have extra to send uh, to all of these different healthcare providers all over the world. And so they spun up this little spreadsheet and sort of hacked something together. And then they turned that into a website. I think it's get getuspppe.org. Yeah, it's, um, really and so good. it's things like that. We were actually planning on proactively reaching out to, you know, organizations just like this to say, you know, hey, we've got this you know, d database of hundreds of uh, volunteers with you know, hundreds and thousands of hours to give to help spin up apps just like this. So we were, you know, going to one of the things I think we hope with the with this podcast is that the listeners of the podcast will also, you know, put on their thinking caps in their own communities and in their own contacts and maybe their own nonprofit or healthcare clients and and say, hey, we've, there's this resource, uh, this great team of people who are trying to help build these uh, things that will really help you. So Maka and Julie, you um, you mentioned that, that we'll get into this in a bit, like the criteria, people you're looking for, but it sounds like not only are you targeting certain area, people that are t combating the virus right, right at the front lines, but it sounds like you're getting app ideas from people as well that may not apply to a specific person or a project in mind yet. Is that, are you getting both or are you really just focusing on the people and then thinking of how to solve their problem? Are, 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 are partners coming to you with a possible app that mm -hmm. could solve somebody's problem somewhere? Yes. And in, and in fact, um, I, I'm getting quite a bit of that in, uh, with the outreach email that went to partners last night. Um, a lot of the responses, I was very, very heart. It was heartwarming to, to see partners coming in and saying, glad you're doing this. By the way, um, one of my clients had a need for XYZ. So I created this, this quick solution. We're kind of doing it, you know, on a shoestring right now, but maybe, maybe you have some resources that can help us to, to finish this out because we, we kind of bootstrap this together. Um, and, and now I know that Clarice maybe can step in and also in, and help in other cases, some partners have actually completed it. They're like, I just want to let you know, um, we saw this need, we quickly created something and XYZ, uh, entity is using it. Um, maybe it's reusable because that reusability in that email was, was I think, a, a key word for many. So I can just tell you from my perspective, it's, it's coming from, from every direction. And that is a great thing. That is a great thing. Um, well, I'll just let you guys, all of you know here, I don't know um, if you ever need a dashboard of charts, <laughs> please reach out to me <laughs> and I will build you 
That's so funny you say that because we have a request that came in last night. I was on the phone with somebody. I was around 7 p.m. and that's exactly what they need. So you're okay. on. You've been hired. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're Guides Interactive is definitely here to support as well. All right. So let's let's get into the criteria. First of all, uh, Maka, I'm I'm really happy to hear that. Um, both from you and Julie, that you're just getting an overwhelming number of responses. Uh, Join table is is getting people offering their time, 270 hours a week. That's a lot of time. That's a lot. Um, yeah, and Julie is getting tons of partner emails offering uh, apps or or other ways to solve the problem. It seems like, I mean, I, I'm only in the the FileMaker community right now, but it seems like there's the 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 community itself is responding in mass is that seems to be a um a feature of our community is there can you think of anything can you identify any reason why our community why filemaker itself like claris is in a good position to respond so rapidly and with such overwhelming support well i can think of two things um one you know the platform it is a rapid application tool. Like we can build something fast. So for me, it just makes sense to build mm -hmm. something in FileMaker. We could build something in one day that is extremely useful. Um, so that is, to me, that's number one. Number two, I feel like the community, like we help each other learn, you know? So many people have learned FileMaker by YouTube videos and training. And, you know, that's just kind of how the, that this community is. And so to me, that just kind of goes hand in hand with like, you know, you help me learn, I'm going to now give back and help build something for, for a hospital that really needs help. I, I couldn't agree with you more, uh, Mark. I, I think we have always felt that that our community, and in fact, even when we have new developers come to the community or even new partners, when they go on and, and, and meet some of uh, the community members, go on to our developer community or our partner community, they are amazed at the outreach and help and coaching and support and response that is a natural part of, of our community. It, it is, it is who we are. And I think that that is unique. And in fact, sometimes new partners tell me, I am so surprised. Like these are supposed to be my competitors. And yet mm -hmm. when I have a question, they're falling over themselves to help me to get to the right answer so that I can get, uh, move forward. That is so unusual. And it's not unusual for our community. It is who we are. So it doesn't surprise me at all that we are getting the response that we're getting. Um, I, I think this is, this is just what we are. I was just going to echo that as, as one of the maybe FileMaker user dinosaurs in the world. I've been using FileMaker since it was run by a company called Claris the first time, <laughs> but <laughs> the community, it's always been that way. I've been around using it since the nineties. And, um, that's, that's a lot of how I learned, um, is, is by jumping in and asking questions even before there was an official FileMaker uh, community. And I would just say, as far as what Mako was saying about it being a rapid tool, like case in point, and I don't say this in any way to like put on a marketing hat and try to sell FileMaker, but just the other day we were spinning up the form for uh, volunteers and projects for this partnership. And, you know, big shout out to Ronnie Reos at Claris and our other third part of Join Table, Jonathan Nicoletti, who basically like took our little sort of scrappy little join table backend FileMaker database and Claris uh, Connect and that form, I forget which form, their form tool they're using. And literally while Good I form. was like, yeah, exactly. Uh, sleeping away here at a different time zone in, in Sweden, I woke up to 165 texts about how they had just hacked that out and made it work in just a few hours. So, I mean, if we can do that for our own scrappy little form, um, I think it's a good uh, tool uh, to, to whip. It's a box of Legos, right? We can whip up tools pretty quickly using it. So we're lucky that we have that tool available. 
from my perspective, just very quick, um, we all, I think Maka mentioned this too, we all kind of, we all started at the same place, not knowing FileMaker and kind of stumbling into it. That's always been my yep. mantra. So we, we kind of are on the same path. Some of us have been on the path for many years, some of us just a few years, but we're on the same one. So it, it really helps that we're, uh, <laughs> we're a community on heading towards the same way. And, you know, since last year, at least we are innovators and we are, trying to solve problems for people. I think, um, you know, we've had, had that drilled into our heads. So this is a problem and, and we're trying to. Yeah, right. We're problem solvers, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. So let's, let's get into the nuts and bolts of this. You are uh, the Claris COVID-19 response team is looking for two things. You're looking for FileMaker developers who will give some of their time to, um, to build apps for uh, at, to respond to the, the crisis. Maka, can you speak to what you're looking for, who, who you're looking for? Yeah, um, so we're looking really for all levels. Uh, obviously, ideally we have we are looking for people who can donate a lot of time and um, at least you know short period of time since we basically want these things to be up and running as soon as possible. So if you are in your lockdown, you, you know, you, maybe you don't have a lot of client work and you're like, Hey, I have a lot of free time. I can donate to this. Then yeah, we're definitely looking for you. Um, we, uh, all levels of expertise, you know, definitely can help because if you're a junior developer and, um, you know, maybe we assign like a senior person who can hand out tasks, um, to get things done faster. So if we if we could we can form a development team, and you know maybe you're a project manager, maybe maybe you're a designer, maybe you're um, really good at doing QA or something like that. You know we definitely want as many people as we can to build these apps uh, up and running as fast as we can and as effectively as we can. So um, if we can get different types of team members, then that's amazing. Okay. And um, you have a lot of people. Do you have too many? Are you ever going to shut off the, the call oh, no. for? No, no, no. Uh-huh. Okay. no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Once, I mean, once the COVID-19 crisis is over, there's always going to be more nonprofits, right? So um, we do have the option. You can say that, you know, you're interested in helping with COVID-19. If that's all you're interested in helping, then that's totally fine. And we totally respect that. Uh, but there's other options too for other nonprofits. You know, if you're interested in, in participating in the joint table program after the COVID-19. Um, okay. However, right now, all we're focused on is COVID-19 for the foreseeable future. So mm-hmm. if you are a nonprofit and you would like help, but it's not COVID-19 related, please, please, please sign up. Just know that we probably won't get to you for a couple months. Um, okay. And we'll, we'll definitely link to, link to the sign up in our show notes. Um, you're also looking for projects. You're looking for... Mm-hmm. Um, places that you could build apps for that could help solve their problems. Yes. Julie, do you yeah. want to speak to that? Yes, I, I sure can. And, and Maka fill in if, if I miss anything from your perspective. Sure. I, I think we're looking for um, needs that are coming. They can come from anywhere, but we'd like to have at least an organization, a receiving organization defined. Uh, so what I mean by that is we would put probably a bit more weight on an inquiry that says, I have this hospital, they have this need. And if we can, if we can get them a tool, they can start using it, you know, in two days or one week, whatever it is, versus a, I think there's probably a need for the pandemic to have a tool that does something like this more, um, more thoughtful, and not that it's not important, but where there's not a defined organization that that we've we've determined we can plug it into. So I hope, I hope that makes sense. And I'm not trying to squelch anybody's great ideas, but if, but we're looking for certainly plug and play. So if we have a end user sponsor, that's going to have some weight with, uh, with the, with the response team, um, very specific ideas that are, that are defined, uh, is certainly something we're looking for something that can be very quickly developed. Uh, you know, we want to be able to deploy, very, very, very quickly. So that would be another thing. And that I've already mentioned, it needs to have a high impact and it needs to have a reusability factor to it. So those are the things that I know 
um, we have our eyes on Maka. What else am I missing that I didn't there's cover? One, yeah, there's one more thing I, I would like to mention. Um, you know, normally Join Table, we help nonprofits. In this case, you don't have to be a nonprofit. So if you are a for-profit hospital or you're a for-profit, um, let's say you have a product that's for-profit, but you're willing to uh, waive the license fee or whatever, you know, during the COVID-19 crisis for any institution that needs it, then we totally want to help you. So that's one thing that we're kind of cutting out from our list. It's not a necessity to, to be um, part of our program. People can come to join table and submit their need for something. A hospital may not exactly know what they need, but they can come to you and say, look, we need something that will help us do X. Right. And yes. Maka, do you work with them? Do you assign a, a BA, a business analyst yes. to sort of very quickly, I assume, very quickly yeah. flesh out the needs, right? Yes. As long as you know what you need. Um, you you don't have to have like a drawing of the app exactly to the T. You know, we can okay. definitely help you with all of that. But what we are looking for is some clear needs that we can achieve and, and help um, meet through the okay. apps. I would also like to say we drafted a, a very ad hoc intake form as well because we have a lot of needs also coming into Clara. So we wanted to oh. have a purposeful way to, to collate these. And these then go right to the response team. So we, we connect that right with um, Maka and her team as well. But simply, it, it, it's besides some stats, it's you know what problem you're trying to solve in, in very simple terms. Um, how do you manage the problem currently? How many users do you need? And what devices are you needing to use? And what's your timeline? So there's just a few key obvious questions that we're trying to initially get so that we can understand from a high level. And you don't have to be technical to fill this out at all. We can get those bits of information. We can get it to the response team. And we can we can start the vetting process as quickly as possible. You mentioned a while back that this is reusable and impactful. So again, after the the crisis uh, goes away, these hospitals, these educators, they can continue to use the app that has been built. Yes. Correct, and just continue as long as they want to to use that app. Yeah, I, I want to be clear from a Claris perspective in instances where we need to, and we are, we will provide uh, through an extension of our trial process, licenses, infrastructure, I mean, you name it. It doesn't do any good for somebody to rapidly develop an app that then cannot be deployed. So that is that is what we're efforting um, on this. We're, our intention is, is certainly to provide that with, uh, with no barriers as we go through this pandemic. Um, once the nice. pandemic is done, then we would certainly circle back to those organizations and then determine what, what the go forward is. Um, and I don't want to get into or even address or even put that you know, as, as any kind of a barrier. I'm trying to be barrierless where possible in this process. Mm -hmm. um, but since you're asking about after the pandemic, I just want to state these licenses that we're providing for these needs that we're vetting um, when approved through the response team are, are in the context of the pandemic. And I think that that seems logical. We're not worrying about what we're doing afterwards yeah. right now. Okay. Oh, I was just going to say from the point of view of join table, it has always from the beginning been one of the questions that we ask when we first are sort of onboarding a new nonprofit project is, are you willing to open source this you know, code and pay it forward to other organizations that may use it? So even outside of the pandemic uh, response um, apps that we're going to build, that's always kind of been part of the mission is, hey, we're you know helping match make some eager volunteers to help you build this worthy project. Would you then in turn, you know, open source it and continue to pay it forward to others as well? So these apps are used in different for different hospitals, but is there any, do you have any system of like sharing them of, 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 of passing apps that have already been built that have been used to other people very quickly? Um, so in the interest of being agile, here's what Claris is working on doing, which is we'll be adding to our blog post. We'll be putting a page up. And as we have these um, apps that are reusable, we're going to put the use cases up there with a way then for other entities to say, hey, I could use that. Hey, I could use that. So it is going to be a specific page for these types of, of quick fire apps that we're creating 
um, with the permission of everyone, uh, so that we can we can get out get the word out and see where we can reuse this. And we're planning to do that. You know, this will be coming in in a matter of a number of days. And I think that's the beauty of really trying to effort this project is if we can solve some problems and somebody said somebody looks at that and goes I need that I need that right now I need that yeah. I need to manage the inventory for my ambulance management process and I've got 3000 individuals that need to to have access to this information right now and you've got a tool that does that give it to me yeah. and we can mm-hmm. do it yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so julie can can members of the community kind of upload their app that they already built? Is that so I see no problem or? with that. Yeah, I see no problem with that. And in fact, uh, this morning, I have several emails from partners saying, hey, I created an app that does this. Can you reuse it? I created an app that does this. How can I get the word out and let others be able to yeah. use it? So that's exactly what we're going to be doing. No, no. Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this is gonna, this is going to evolve minute by minute. But that's exactly what we want to see happen. And, and in the case of some of these, I think as we reuse these apps, um, that were created and uh, by these wonderful developers, we may get to user numbers that that get significant, and then that becomes a how do we support those users? And then we may need to come back to our partner community and join table and say, look, we're we're adding a deployment of you know four thousand users on this this system, and there's going to be support needs. We need a team that can help with the support. So this is going to come around and around and around. I mean, it's it's we're going to be locking arms in many ways uh, to make this actually work. Let's detail the ways that um, FileMaker developers and partners can um, support the Claris COVID-19 response team. Julie just mentioned support, ongoing support as an app is used and number of users increases and so forth. Um, We also have actually developing uh, developing the initial app. We have um, needs assessment, the, the business analyst part of this. What other ways can people support specifically, like job titles, if it were, if you can name those job titles? Yeah, if you are building an app or if you work in the industry, you have skills that we could definitely use. So, I mean, I can't think of anything that we wouldn't want to take, but mostly it's, you know, project managers, developers, tech leads, junior developers, senior developers, um, QA personnel, designers, uh, business analysts. Those are the ones that really come to my mind right now. Yeah, or trainers, people who can you know help the people who may not know FileMaker or may not be good with technology to learn how to use these new apps. Maybe even writers to help write up or make videos to explain them and train people so they have some documentation to train new people once the volunteer developers are kind of off the case. Actually, okay. one other need we are seeing is translators. So uh, uh, people who have apps that need it in other languages so that they can be used in other um, other countries, that that would be really helpful as well, too. And could could the Claris COVID-19 response team use any administrative support from people as well? Like uh, you, 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 you were mentioning a lot of like uh, tagging these these apps so that they feature lists and so forth and, and you know, creating a database of all that is it seems like that's a lot for, for you three to handle. I assume there's more people, but yeah, yeah, you there's more. <laughs> yeah there, there is a whole team uh, at Claris that is, that is, is jumping in and, and assisting on many of these things. For example, you know, yesterday working with the joint table team and getting, um, you know, some functionality with, with type form Claris connect into FileMaker that was done uh, last night at, at, uh, 10 30 11 o'clock at, at night by by one of my colleagues so yes we have a, a team um, right now with the response team at this moment um, I I've added another member who who will be doing documenting and tracking of some things because obviously the the needs are escalating and I have a wonderful partner manager team that is going to put on another hat and assist with the coordination effort uh, on Claris' side until we outgrow that, and then we go find more resources within within Claris at the moment. So um, we are we are good, and as much as possible, I want to save the the wonderful volunteers and resources that are coming to bear to help the end users that are coming with these needs. Um, and so selfishly, I want to try to see if 
if we don't have to tax any of those resources, because I'd rather them be used for the healthcare organizations, the education organizations, the disaster response. Maka, it sounds like you could use a babysitter, though. Oh, my God. Please. Please. I like to call it. Effective over Zoom. Yeah. I like to call it uh, forced family time or involuntary family time. (laughs) Like, Uh, that would be so nice. Um, Okay. I do want to mention another person on the on the team that we haven't mentioned before is Molly Connolly. So she's also been helping us a lot with the COVID response, and she always has great ideas and great contacts and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, we have, I think our team is is really really solid, and our volunteer base is really really solid. So we just want to see the number of um, applicants for for projects to grow, so that we can merge the two together, the volunteers and the projects. It sounds like the, this te- this response team is really quickly, very quickly organized so that the FileMaker developers, the partners can simply focus on solving the problems, getting those apps out there on the front lines to help those people um, manage this crisis a lot better. So that's good. It's good to know that you all have the infrastructure in place to support everything you're going to get from the FileMaker community. At the moment, we have the infrastructure, but I think that's going to change. (laughs) Well, anybody can reach out to Geist Interactive for help and and I'm sure many other partners as well. so let's let's uh, let's close by being very specific. Um, where can uh, where can we find these project ideas? Can the FileMaker community obviously is listening right now? Hi, FileMaker community. Um, so how can they reach out into their community and find organizations in need? Do you have any strategies for us? I would say social media, um, your friends. So here's the problem with social media. It's great because it reaches a lot of people, but the doctors and the nurses who are actually out there, you know, in the front lines, they're not on social media. They're at home sleeping when they get the chance, right? So, um, you know, reach out to your doctor friends, your uh, nurse friends, anybody uh, that you think, you know, or if you have any contacts at, at a hospital, reach out to them and see if they if they need any help. I mean, I would say focus mostly on the hyper-local, right? Like if you, you know, like Red Cross maybe needs an app, but probably the people on the front lines at your local clinics or your local hospital or your local food bank or your local homeless shelter or, you know, anybody that would be, you know, dealing with uh, people most affected by this right in your own neighborhood, right in your own town, those are probably going to be the most easy contacts to make to try to figure out what solutions are needed. Julie, do you have any thoughts? You know, in, in the partners that I've spoken with, you know, many of them have clients that are in the categories that we've talked about, healthcare, education, disaster recovery, nonprofits that are dealing with the crisis. Um, so I think this is a this is this is an opportunity for our partner ecosystem to reach back out to to those clients, even if you haven't talked to them in a while and see what the needs are. I, I've spoke to many partners that have said, you know, I've got, I've got clients, in, you know, in, in these areas, maybe I should, maybe I should give them a call and see what we can do. So I think that's another, yes. that's another that's approach. Really and I'm sure point. most of our partners are already doing that. You know, I think, mm-hmm. I think our partners have been servicing these these types of customers for decades with our tools. And, you know, they've developed over the years, many tools to solve problems in these industries. So we are very, very strong. We just need to mobilize and surface the needs and, you know, lock arms like I know we can do and try to make an impact. And I I, I have no question that we will. We have, you know, 50,000 developers in our ecosystem. Imagine, for example, if just each of the 50,000 just dedicated one hour, we'd have 50,000 hours of, of development. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I I know that our ecosystem is already rising to the occasion. We just need to continue to mobilize and organize and empower uh, the great talent that's out there to solve problems. Well, we will, um, Geist Interactive here will, of course, support this in any way we can. And, um, you know, even if that is a JavaScript uh, dashboard. Yep, um, you're already signed up. Don't worry uh-oh. about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but but I, I really look forward to hearing this. I know that that's not the priority, but I, I'm really looking forward to hearing about all the apps that are created and yeah. you know seeing the blogs that come from Claris that describe what has already been produced and, and from Jointable as well, I assume. So that'll be great. And, you know, I think it would be awesome if, if uh, we all, if we all gathered together in, in a couple months and just, and just kind of talked about them and just, you know, explored some of those um, in this podcast. So if you want, I would invite you back to, uh, to talk about how it's going at, at a certain anytime. Okay. All right. Once the crisis is over, we can look back and be like, yeah. Oh, remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> Maka, the Claris COVID-19 response team has a lot of communication, has a lot of ways to reach out. Where where can people reach out to join table, to the Claris team, to uh, learn about this and to sign up and be a part of the uh, the efforts? So we're actually taking uh, basically applications for developers and for projects in two places. Uh, one of them is claris.com slash blog. So if you go there, you'll see the... Uh, Claris's uh, response to COVID-19, if you click on that, um, you know, they'll have some instruction on, on how to get in contact with Julie. And another place we are taking requests for apps or uh, uh, volunteering for uh, for creating these apps is jointable.org. So if you go to jointable.org and then if you go to our blog, we'll have, you, we have a post on there about um, with instructions on how you can... Um, submit your your request or sign up to volunteer along with some t- like guidelines on what kind of what we're looking for which we we really already talked about in this um this podcast that's awesome thanks we will yeah. uh be sure and get the word out there and spread it spread those links as far as we reach awesome thank you so much well uh anything else we want to add maka or chris or julie i don't think so yeah okay just really All thankful right. to you to kind of last minute have us on here and yes. I know I reached out to you yesterday and we were able to record today. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks Help a lot. Help us get the word out. Well, I have to stay at home. Uh, Orlando just, or yeah, just issued a stay at home order. So I'm, I can't really do anything. Yes. So Albuquerque. I have the yeah. time. New I Mexico feel like is also you could go out that you would choose to do this anyway. So thank you. Well, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Your dog okay. though, maybe not. <laughs> no. Well, thank you, uh, Maka and Chris and Julie and the uh, Claris COVID-19 response team. Um, we appreciate the hard work. And of course, just the fact that you spun this up so fast. I, I you know, again, Tuesday, I had nothing, I didn't know anything about this. And it's just a couple of days later and it's, it's, it's all, it's going full force already. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's incredibly efficient, but yeah. it's definitely required at this time. So thank you for your time and your devotion um, to this as well. It's, it's, uh, it's good to hear that resources are being dedicated in our community to responding to the crisis. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. And right. uh, we will uh, look forward to seeing what, what, what the community produces. I'll talk to you later. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Context Podcast. I want to thank my guests, Maka and Chris from Jointable and Julie from Claris International for taking time out of their suddenly much busier schedule to talk with us about Claris and Jointable's response to the crisis. There's a lot of craziness in the world, and we FileMaker developers have the power to solve problems of those fighting this virus. Please consider stepping up and helping out. I know I will with the JavaScript dashboard. Now let's all get back to work fighting this crisis, helping those in need. Until next week, the Context Podcast is king.